the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ you'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning, and welcome to On the Road with Jesus. I'm your host today, coming to you live from Hope Radio here in Corona, California. My name is Rhody Fisher, and I thank you for joining us today. Um, and I also want to thank Clint Gonzalez for that wonderful lead-in song and his group 3-in-1. Thank you, Clint. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for bringing us here this morning. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. Thank you for all that you do in us and through us. We ask, Lord, that you would let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you. Search us, O Lord, and know our heart. Try us and know our thoughts. See if there's any wicked way about us and lead us in the way of everlasting. Father, we thank you and praise you for today, and we ask that you would take control of this show. Be with Sean. Be with my special guest, Gail Blake-Smith. Be with my friend who's on the couch there, Linda, and also myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, we've been in Psalm for the last couple of weeks here, and we're going to still be in Psalms, so we're going to be in Psalm 4 today. But I kind of want to remind everybody that um, Psalm was written to be sung. It's the Jewish hymnal. Um, I'm not sure if they like me saying that, but it is. They sing the Psalms. And, of course, David wrote a lot of the songs, like 75 two or five of them, um, and he's written Psalm 4. So also what I want to say about um, Psalms is it means a poem meant to be sung with stringed instruments. So um, can you just picture David? Now, he's king when he writes this, and he says, Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. How long, O men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. In your anger, do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy 
than when their grain and new wine abound. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O God, make me dwell in safety. Do you just love that psalm? Okay, one of the things that I wanted to say about this, and I'll just be real short, is you can call upon the Lord any time, day or night. He always hears you. You may not think he's listening, but he's always there listening. Mm-hmm. He leans his ear towards those he loves. And if you don't know him, the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to call on him if you don't know him. So, Lord, thank you for your word. And, Lord, speak to those that don't know you, that they might call upon you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, I'd like to introduce my special guest. Her name is Gail Blake-Smith. I've known Gail now since 2008, and I know that because from... 1997 to 2008, I taught release time in Anaheim. And we moved to Corona in 2005. I wanted to get closer to my kids in terms of teaching these classes. And I signed up at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, to do release time in Chino Hills or Chino Valley. So welcome, Gail Blake-Smith. I love it that you made it here. Thank you, Rhody, and I'm so excited to be here. Oh, wow. And um, what a great ministry God has assigned to you, getting the word of Jesus to those who are hungry and searching and listening and obeying. So what a blessing you are and station. Thank you. Thank you, you, Gail, (laughs) for coming. Gail, I'd like for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. And... Uh, if you could just share a little bit about yourself, you know, how you grew up and where you grew up. And if you were, you know, had a Christian family, went to church every Sunday or maybe no church at all. Can you just share a little bit with us? I would say all of the above. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I grew up actually in California, in Southern California, in uh-huh. Compton, Compton, California. Uh-huh. And um, my mom was on fire for Jesus. Wow. My dad... Had a relationship with him, but not like my mother. And uh, she had a great influence on my life as it related to the things of the Lord until I became a teenager. Then the ball was in my court for a number of toxic years. Okay. So, um, yeah, we were in um, VBS, a little church, first congregational church down there on Willowbrook Avenue during the summer. Uh, I remember some of the songs. I heard about this God and his son Jesus and the Holy Ghost, but I had no idea what it meant. But I was still in church, and the word says that God's word will not return void. Not return void. I and love boy, it. when it came back to me, I was being chased by Jesus and remembering the things I had learned as a kid that I had rejected all of those uh, teenage and adult years, early adult years. So um, I have a brother and a sister. They're both still alive. Uh, my mom and dad are now with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, from the age of 21, when I moved out and was on my own, I got a job, with, which is now AT&T. It was called Pac-10. 
cocktail in those days. Yes, I remember that. And I started there, and I did I did well. Um, I didn't know God had me in training in a secular environment for ministry years later because of a lot of the things that I learned at Pac Bell. I was able to use, and I am able to use, in what God has called me to do today, such as the gift of administration. I didn't even know I had that. That's great. (laughs) And talking with people and uh, encouraging people. And those are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And that's what I did for Pac Bell along with my regular job. So um, I went to work at Pac Bell when I was 21. During that time, I quit to go model professionally in the country and I realized that that was not for me. I'm not the, I didn't have the character of a model. I, I remember my Christian character and the things that uh, they wanted us to do were just not in alignment with what, how I was taught. Even though I wasn't walking with the Lord, I still had some scruples at that time. Right. So, um, so I retired. I got promoted into management a few times. And my last assignment was in uh, eight human resources. So I had the greatest job in the world. I would go throughout America and recruit people from colleges that had potential to be executives. Wow. So we were really working at, at high-profile schools, minority schools, uh, the Claremont Colleges, Howard University, and working with the staffs, the, the leadership at the colleges. We had made some great inroads there. So I did that in my last assignment, and then I was able to retire at the age of 46 with full retirement. Beautiful. That's Tell me great. about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to go back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when do you remember making that profession for Christ and oh. committing yourself to the Lord? Well, I wasn't married until I was 46. <laughs> okay. And I had been engaged three times, but it just it didn't feel right, so I called those off. So I got married when I was 46, moved from L.A. to Chino Hills. And um, before I moved and got married, I'll never forget that day. It was in February of 1982, and I was still on a path of destruction, I didn't know my current husband then. And um, I remember Jesus. And I said, you know what? It's either going to be thinking about suicide, not acting on it, but seriously contemplating it, or giving you a chance, Jesus. Wow, that's serious. I know. Wow. So I thought the route with Jesus would be a little easier at first. (laughs) (laughs) And I invited myself to my girlfriend's church. And that was the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay. He had been chasing me for years, but I didn't get it until I was broken. Yes. Until I was so needy and my life was so miserable. And I had everything going. I had a great job, great salary. I had bought real estate. You know, I had a lot of friends, but there was a hole in my heart that needed filling. And it only could be filled by our Creator. I just didn't know that until I was broken. Wow. What a story, Gail. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes those broken pieces. He's the only one that can put those broken pieces Mm -hmm. back whole. Mm -hmm. He's the only one. Right. He takes ashes and turns them into beauty. Yes, he does. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gail, when... Now, I, you know, I know you from release time, Mm -hmm. but when did you... 
When did you think about ministry, say, after you accepted the Lord? So here you are in 82, you said, or 83? 82, February 82. 82. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've you've committed yourself to Jesus here. And when do you feel like a nudge in your heart to start sharing Christ with others or getting teaching Bible school or whatever? 13 years later. 13 years later? Mm -hmm. Because... I knew I was saved. I knew Jesus Christ had died for my sins, but I didn't have a relationship. Okay. I felt convicted because the Holy Spirit resides in you once you have your profession of faith. Yes. But it was until I moved to Chino Hills and I started going to Bible college. Okay. And I started studying the life of Christ and just, I fell so deeply in love with him. And I realized he didn't come to add anything to my life, Rody, he came to become my life. Wow. And to live in and through me. So that was 13 years later. And then I started studying about the Holy Spirit and how he empowers us and the things that he calls us to do. And I wanted to do it all, yes. but I knew I couldn't make up for lost time. So I went from being a volunteer for 13 years uh-huh. in ministry to becoming a servant. Wow. Beautiful. Okay, now we do know that you're in, you're you've you're the head of the Chino Valley Release Time Christian Education for that area. But tell us in a nutshell what Release Time is because they're from one side of the nation to the other side and they've been around for 100 years. Actually 106. 106 years. In 1914, um, a superintendent in Gary, Indiana, parents came to him and and they said, our kids don't know enough about the Bible. Can you teach them? And he said, sure. So back in 1914... Before there was a lot of legal opposition, he actually had schools closed on Friday, and kids came on campus, and all day long they studied the Bible. Well, the word got out in America, and uh, release time um, became a national ministry throughout America. K through 12 is the largest public school mission field in America. In other words, our youth present to us the largest domestic mission field there is in this nation. Wow. And we ignored them, and we're ignoring them today to, a, to an extent. So at the turn of the century, there are over 2 million children, K through 12, in different states enrolled in release time. Now, the laws by now are involved. In 1952, the release time was challenged. It went to the United States Supreme Court. And they ruled in our favor. Mm -hmm. And what they stated was public school students can legally uh, study the religion of their choice as long as these conditions are met. First of all, no taxpayer money Mm -hmm. has to be off campus because of the establishment clause, Mm -hmm. separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. Number three, they have to have written parent permission. And uh, release time at that point became open to Muslims, to Christians, to Jewish people, to Mormons, etc. Mm-hmm. For example, in New York, the Jewish people, they study the Torah. That's their release time uh, Bible that they use during classroom time. And, of course, in Utah, the Mormons have a program there. But the Christians, because there's a lot of work involved, and we know we are called by our holy God yes. who empowers us, um, 
Today there are 33 programs in America, which is a little sad considering there were 2 million kids at the turn of the century. Exactly. So we're looking at about 50,000 students today, K through 12. So in 1998, because I'm so excited now about this work of the Holy Spirit, and I knew that even though I didn't like little kids, because I didn't get married until I was old. <laughs> oh, you're not old. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, that Well, it was all about me. I didn't have time for kids or babies. You know, I was too busy living my life until I became a Christian. So um, I just started imploring God for my assignment. I was like the hound of heaven on him. I want my assignment. But, Rhody, there's some things he had to do in my life to clean me up first. And he's doing that still every day. You know, you're never allowed sin, right? In all of us, <laughs> right. yes. So um, one day my, my bonus daughter came home from high school, and she asked me, she said, how do you feel about homosexuals? And I said, you know what? I don't want to give you my opinion. Let's look at the Word of God and see what God has stated. So we went to the Bible. I showed her 1 Corinthians 6, 8, and 9. We went to Leviticus, to, to Revelations. And I said, it's not just homosexuals. It's anyone who's unregenerated and who dies without Christ. They're lost. And she was satisfied. She didn't want to debate it, which was shocking. That night I told my husband, I feel like I should be teaching children in public education the Word of God. I said, but first of all, I don't even like little kids. <laughs> and now I love them. God's got I a great sense of 5,000 children later. And uh, number two, it's illegal. You can't teach kids the Bible in school. And number three, I never taught kids, only adults with AT&T. So those were my restraints. That next morning, I'm getting ready to go into Los Angeles, where I'm from, to get my hair done. And I'm listening to KKLA worship music, and all of a sudden the announcer came on with a commercial. And after that, he says the LA Unified School District is looking for volunteers to come in and teach children the Bible. I knew that was my calling. Yes. And so I got plugged in, met with uh, the superintendent, school board president at Chino Valley, and got got it started uh, in October of 98 with 11 kids at two schools. Now, did, did you do this alone? Did you have another teacher, or did you just go We were at two own? different locations, two different schools, and I had a pastor helping me. Uh, it was his church where we would walk the kids to. Mm-hmm. And uh, then at another school, uh, we had an elder from the Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley, and his wife, and they actually taught four kids in the garage. Wow, and what year was this that you said? 1998. 1998. That was the genesis of it. Okay. And so um, do you know that, maybe you don't know the number, but how many children have passed through this ministry with you um, from 1998 till 2020 when we graduated over 300 kids? Approximately 5,000. I love that. So you've made a difference in 5,000 kids' lives. And their parents. And their parents, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, so you're teaching and you're, you're, you're putting this ministry together, and the Lord is growing it. Now you're taking the kids out of class and going to a garage in one, in 1998, yes. In 98. Mm-hmm. And in another one, they're taking the to kids off campus to a church. Mm-hmm. And so when does it blossom into you've got you've got a van or 
um, some sort of vehicle that you can park and bring the kids to them? Um, that happened two years later. Okay. We realized that um, we needed money and we needed we needed to expand. I mean, it was fine what we were doing, but in order to reach more children and go to there's 22 elementary schools in, in Chino Valley, right? Okay, and actually I think it was like 23 or 24 at that time. They closed a few down, but we needed to have mobility. Okay, and we needed money for mobility. So I thought, what do we do, Lord? And he said, have a golf tournament. I said, I don't even know how to spell golf. And he sent a man from another church who was a stranger to help us. And we had a golf tournament. We made so much money. We got a pair of Michael Jordan's shoes donated. Wow. From a referee from the NBA. And we sold them for like $1,500. Wow. <laughs> so we were able to make a loan and get our first bus in 2000. It was called The Nose. <laughs> and The Nose is now in a different... And, right, yes. in Ontario. And so when I first started, that was my that was my bus. You remember The Nose? I do yeah. remember The Nose. Yeah. Okay, so um, Gail, when you first started in 1998... Was there a spark for you? Do you have a special story to tell us, maybe, mm-hmm. of some little child accepting the Lord or some blessed thing that you could talk about that first year? Just the first year? Or, you know, the first few years. Okay. Uh, we did not have a vehicle because we were walking students from, um, this must have been 99, from an elementary school to a home. Okay. And uh, the principal was so gracious. Uh, we only have them for an hour, but she gave us an hour and a half. because Really? Of, yeah. We had a lot of grace in those days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the teacher, Christina Mooney, had 11 kids. It was December. It was a cold, clammy, dreary day. And uh, she offered uh, the opportunity to become a Christian to her kids. And only one little girl named Cassandra accepted the Lord and her life was changed dramatically. She fell in love with Jesus instantly. She memorized a, um, t- Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, mm-hmm. and that was her life verse. It's my life verse too. For I know the plans I have for you are for good, not right. for evil. Those saith the Lord, mm-hmm. future and a hope. And six months later, she was on vacation and she was killed. Oh my gosh! Tragically, in an accident. And wow. her parents were not saved. They lived in Chino Hills. They saw such a transition in their daughter, such peace and joy. They wanted what she had. Wow. So the closest church was Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And after going there a few times and hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, why he died for us, the entire family was led by Pastor Jack to the Lord. That's something I'll always remember. There have been many stories, mm-hmm. but that had profound effects because that changed the whole family. It changed the whole family, and it, it, it blessed you as, as you were newly going through this transition with, with um, this brand-new ministry. Right, and we dedicated our golf tournament in her memory. Everything had her name and her picture on it. Her parents were there. Wow, and beautiful. And God was so glorified, yeah. Okay, um, I, you know, I, I got involved with the ministry, as I told you um, when I talked to you before, in 1997. And I was asked by the head of the Sunday school 
um, who was also, you know, doing the work for Anaheim um, with release time. Mm -hmm. And they, there was a girl that was pregnant. The teacher was pregnant. She was having a difficult pregnancy. And they said, Rody, can you just help out just for one or two weeks? And I said, well, one or two weeks, I had a full-time job. I could take my lunch hour and stretch it out. I could see, easily do that. So um, I went for the first week, and there was this kid, first day, he's shooting me these gang signs mm. and telling me, I can have you killed. Mm. And I thought, oh, did I sign up for this, Lord? So I get to the, this was a trailer, so I get to the trailer, which was parked on the, you know, uh, at the curb, and I turn around and I say to him, you cannot have me killed until my God says it's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I says, you have no power. You and your friends have no power over my life unless the Lord Jesus Christ says that you can. And he backed up and didn't say another word. But every time I said the sinner's prayer, because I wanted to do it two weeks in a row, I thought, I don't know if I'll ever see these kids again. Right. I want to do it after every class he would try to get those other kids not to raise their hands. Long story short, the girl had a difficult pregnancy. She never did come back. I, I graduated the kids at the, well, two classes before the end of the year, I found myself with this kid by himself. He was the only student there that we had that day. And I thought, well, where's all the other kids? They were on, they were, they were, obedient enough Mm -hmm. to go on a field trip. And so here I am teaching the class as if I had a full class. By the way, his name was Christian. (laughs) And I said to him, um, I said to the class, I said, now, I did the class as though it was full. And I said, are there any one kids here that would like to invite Jesus into their heart today? And his hand went shooting up. Mm. I could not believe it. Mm. And not only that, but when I said the sinner's prayer, he said it with his head down, crying his eyes out. He was broken. Completely. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, I've got to keep doing this. Mm. Just that one child turned my life around for release time. That was the end of part one. Tune in next week for the continuation of this On the Road with Jesus program. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com, or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.